Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here with Rafael Dietsch, who's the CEO of Gen XC Engineering. Hey, Rafael, how's it going? Hey, Andy, how are you? Doing great. Glad to have you here. Tell me a little bit about Gen XC Engineering and what you do over there. Genexy Engineering, it's, uh, we, we are a full turnkey company, right? It, it, it evolves into what is now called Genexy Group, which essentially it's a full uh, engineering firm with a construction arm. So we started back in 2016 mm-hmm. doing a lot of um, pole loading analysis, which is essentially aerial engineering for telecom facilities and um, evolved into the full suite of services, right? Today we do everything from concept where our customers comes in and tells us, hey, I, I'm thinking of doing this type of, uh, uh, providing this type of service in this area. And they essentially delimit a, you know, with a boundary, uh, an area and our engineering uh, engineers, they know it better than me, man. They go in and they, create all the planning, do all the subdivisions, and um, then create everything they need to get permits and eventually getting it built for our customers. Wonderful. And tell me a little bit about geographically, where are you and, and what the scope of the projects are that you work on? So right now, our company is it has multiple offices throughout the East Coast of the United States. Uh, we have worked in about 40 states uh, uh, up to date. Um, in the US, uh, mainly with the engineering arm, the construction arm has been working, we currently have worked on four to five states, currently active projects today. We have working over seven uh, different states. Um, interesting, growing a lot, uh, you know, in, in pushing a lot uh, new telecom services. Uh, for the carriers, the main carriers. I see. And so what does a build-out usually consist of? What's what's the scope of that? Is it uh, is it is it like sourcing uh, the the location and, and surveying that and then going in and tell me a little bit about the scope of of the projects that you typically work on? It it depends a lot on the project itself, but generally speaking. what we call a full turnkey project consists of engineering, what we call planning, which is essentially subdividing and understanding how the fiber needs to be routed uh, through a particular, uh, you know, neighborhood, right? And then from there, we go into design and permitting, which is essentially taking the overall plan, what we we call the HLD, the high level plan uh, design, and we now take it to ground, right? We ground it. We said, okay, here we need this type of permit uh, to be able um, to complete this facility in that area. And from there, uh, it gets into the permitting team, which uh, gets the appropriate permits from the municipalities and, and uh, you know permit agencies. And from there, then we take it to construction, which is uh, the arm that actually builds it, like physically builds it, right? They go in and we have a special machines uh, called directional bore, which essentially, the easiest way to understand is it's kind of like a drill, 
but it's a drill that we control. It goes underground, and you know we we have a a, a device that, that is essentially a locator on 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 ground, right above ground, and someone is walking and detecting you know where the drill is going. So that's how we avoid hitting any other facilities that exist today underground. And base uh, with that combination with the, the information that came from the engineering and design department they are able to avoid hitting facilities, existing facilities from other customers. Very cool. So interesting. I love this uh, large scale kind of uh, implementation and construction. Um, tell me a little bit about how you got into this business. There's usually, uh, uh, well, a couple of things. One is that people love to hear an origin story of a business and how an entrepreneur took the bull by the horns and said, I'm gonna create this. Tell me a little bit about that. And then also, uh, Usually an origin story starts with a problem that you may have uh, uh, incurred. So tell me a little bit about the, the origin story of how you started your company. It's funny you mentioned because it does, right? <laughs> uh, we, um, I'm a telecom engineer by trade, right? That's, that is actually my, my career. But in 2016, there was a lot of problems with uh, firms getting accurate information from the field. And being able to do, like I told you, we started on the polls, right? A lot of uh, miscalculation, a lot of misinformation of people. Um, well, I guess, let me take you back to that to that time, right? At that time, there was a boom in telecom, right? And, and what happened is a, a ton of firms pop up all over the place, right? In that, the quality significantly took a hit, right? Uh, generally speaking. So from the very beginning, our thought was, if we're gonna do this, we're gonna do it exceeding customer expectations, right? We are gonna do something different than what we see a general offer in the market. Our focus is gonna be quality, specifically, right? And that's kind of like how we started, right? We saw a niche where we said, okay, let's focus on poll loading analysis, right? Let's do good calculations for the polls. So, Fast forward a couple of years, that was our, our, our mentality, let's say, right? Our north was to provide, I often tell my team, our customers are already paying us to meet expectations. The, the way we get the next project is by exceeding expectations, right? And it's something that where we go above and beyond. You hear it so many times, right? And, and people use it as a cliche, but the reality is everyone loves a cherry on top, right? So when you go in and you're able to deliver not only quality services for your customers, but also understand how can I go above and beyond. And that doesn't necessarily mean something where you're spending money. It could be a little uh, better treatment, communicate a little bit more with the customer, maintain that, that communication, right? Constant communication with them where they're able to feel that you're providing that cherry on top, right? You're, you're going above and beyond. And that was important for us from the very beginning we assign a single point of uh, a single point of uh, contact, right? A spark, and the main reason uh, for that, we told the customer, "Look, it is our job to provide good information for you, timely information for you, right? It is not your job to look for uh, our, you know, personnel. Look for your information throughout ten different people in my company, right?" They're, our job is to make sure that our customer is always uh, communicated. It's, it's always uh, aware of what's going on in the project. 
And we took that very, very seriously from the very beginning of the company, right? From the, and from that time, uh, we grew into all these other specialties, right? That, that you can go and look in our website. And the main reason for that was riding on the, on the early success, if that makes sense, to the point where fast forward 2018, we have, we started doing, we became so good at doing QC and providing high level, high quality services. And, and I say, generally speaking, high quality services that our customers started asking us to do QC for our competition. That was a, mind, it was mind boggling for me, right? Because it's, it's like you rating your competition, but with permission from your customer. And it, 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 it was, it was incredible. And obviously we capitalized on that and started branching out into other types of services, right? We, we saw the opportunity there. So look, we, can pro we really can provide this as a service. People will actually buy it. Even though they see us as competitors, we provided that and, and we expanded the business, believe it or not, by doing that as well. You might think, well, but you're helping your competition. Yeah, to a point, yes. <laughs> but, you know, but we kept, a business alive in other markets, so that allows us to expand further in other services. So it was a, it was an interesting mix. It was um, you know that at the time a lot of thinking, a lot of thought uh, to see if it makes sense. Uh, uh, but I, I'm definitely glad we did it. Uh, it. It allows us to not only expand uh, our services throughout different states, but also to expand our network, which was important. Uh, you know, fast forward a few more years, uh, we were able to leverage the larger network and, and, you know, expand even further the business. Congratulations. I love that story. And it's so great to uh, hear leading with success, leading with, with integrity and, uh, and high quality results uh, leads to more client engagement. Tell me a little bit about uh, uh, how long are these projects that you work on? Are they, uh, Three months or the year-long projects. How what's what's typical engagement rate? It, it depends. Again, it, it could range from a ninety days uh, a project to up to several years, right? Like we have very very large deployments today that are multi-year projects, right? Um, on average, however, uh, I would say ninety days. It takes about uh, thirty to forty days to permit. And from there, you get um, a series of uh, safety meetings that happens before you start building it. And then from there, it's, it's constructions and, you know, cleanup and making sure restorations are are good. And overall, that that's a, you know, a, a decent cycle. Great. And uh, how many people are typically deployed on a project with you when you work on a project? Um, Today we have over a little over 300 people, right? Congratulations. But per project, you go in typically, let's say a small project, right? Typically you go with, uh, you get some engineers involved. You're talking about five to six people on the engineering side, a couple more people on the permitting side, and then about eight to 10 on the construction side, depending on the type of project. Right? Fantastic. And, you know, so many companies got hurt by COVID. Um, you know, it sounds like you guys are in growth mode here. Tell me a little bit about how you kind of weathered that storm and, and how you're growing the company today. 
So it was a, we treat our company, we treat everyone in our company. We, we call it the Gen X family, right? And during COVID, uh, every business uh, got hit. We were not the exception, right? Especially on the first quarter, I would say. Well, here's what happens. Our financial strength allows us to weather that storm, right? We're very conservative, uh, Andy, on how we do spending. And we have always kept an eye on the financials. What happened is that we made a decision of keeping our employees, right? And I'm glad we did. A lot of companies were not as fortunate as, as we were, right, in our industry. So what ended up happening is that the demand continued to be there, right? Yeah, as a matter of fact, it increased. Ironically, during COVID, when most people were, most businesses uh, weren't as lucky as the telecom industry, the telecom industry ramped up significantly because now people were in their in their houses and they needed internet services and they, needed, you know, people that used to have 50 megs now want you know, 500 meg or a gig because now they're working from home. They have the kids working remote. So that with a combination of an increase on, in the significant increase in demand and low, uh, you know, less uh, suppliers, it gave us the opportunity to immediately grab our experienced people and put them into projects, right? It was a challenge, but our company is very, very good at adapting, uh, uh, you know, uh, to new uh, situations, right? So we immediately leverage most of the tools that most companies are leveraging today. The good thing is that we were already very proficient at doing that, right? So when the time came, we tweak our, our, our the, you know, our methodology, everything that we did, and tweak part, partially tweak our processes. And we were able to essentially adapt uh, to the COVID uh, uh, problem because it was a problem all over the, U the world. I was going to say the U.S., but really the world. All and, over the world. Yeah. And thank God uh, we were able to, uh, you know, grab the bull by the horn and we were able to adapt to the situation. And even though we took a hit at the beginning, we ended up growing, uh, you know, towards the end. Uh, of the year because uh, the demand. You know, I love that. Great, great story and great entrepreneurial spirit behind that and way to hold your team members close and, and help them weather those conditions as well. It's really uh, remarkable. Um, really, congratulations on that. That's great. Let's switch gears a little bit. It, it sounds like, you know, there's there's a bit of education that happens with your new customer acquisition process. A little bit. Tell me a little bit about how you educate your customers or prospective customers on services that you offer so that you can quickly get aligned around a scope. So one of the first thing we do when we, let's say a brand new customer, we approach them. We don't go and tell them what we offer. We go in and look for their needs, right? We go in immediately and ask, sit down with them, understand what are their current needs. And the funny part, I told you that we're very good at adapting, right? And, and, and you know, I guess thinking outside the box, right? It's, it's the best analogy that I can think of. So when we go in, we understand the customer needs and we, from there, match it to the best services that we currently provide. And if we need to 
tweak or modify or even create a new type of uh, services for our customers. We have done that in the past, right? And that has, that's, that's how we adapt to the new situations, right? And, and we keep on, I guess, sharpening our tools, if that makes sense, right? We, we keep on transforming the company based on the market needs, right? It, those needs change. And whoever doesn't see that, ahead. It's not paying attention to their customers. Love it. Um, I guess my last question here for you is, if you were to forecast out a year from now, what would you like to be celebrating? Retirement. (laughs) 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 I have, look, we are... grass in the car on that one, I can tell you that. I I can already tell. (laughs) Well, it it depends on who you ask. Like, you ask my wife, you said, you'll never retire. (laughs) You'll die in a chair. (laughs) No, I think uh, our company is set on, on some very aggressive milestones uh, for the next couple of years. Some I can, I can, I can tell you, uh, we have been blessed with more than double growth consistently for the past few years. And this year we're set on almost triple in size. And um, so from my perspective, it's, I have some, long-term milestones that include certain things that I can't say here, but let's say it's big. <laughs> I'm excited for you. That sounds great. Well, I hope you meet those goals and uh, look forward to hearing more success from you, Rafael. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you. Likewise, Andy. It was, uh, it was great uh, seeing you and, and uh, having this uh, conversation with you. And tell people how they can find you. They can log in into www.genxegroup.com or www.genxe.com. Wonderful. All right. Well, thanks again, Rafael. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Likewise, Andy. Take care. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io, W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E.io and schedule a time to meet with us and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.